Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. One of the great things about August is that we're just a couple of weeks away from the start of college football and college game day on ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you on 101 ESPN. And we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN has a new book out called Out of the Pocket, Football, Fatherhood, and College Game Day Saturdays. The book can be pre-ordered at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most other online retailers. Comes out next week. Kirk, thanks so much for joining us here in St. Louis this morning. How are you doing? I'm great. Good morning. Great to have you with us, and uh, we want to touch on the book, first of all. Uh, are, I, I would imagine you're pretty excited about it coming out next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a culmination. Um, I, I really didn't think I'd ever write a book. This is not something that, uh, you know, as, as I was in my career, I thought, boy, one day I'm going to write a book. I, I've had a number of people approach me about the potential of writing a book, and I didn't even know what the subject matter would be. Um, I guess there's a variety of different directions to go. And I, I just decided to just kind of talk about my journey, uh, not just as an athlete or a broadcaster, but really my journey growing up and some of the, some of the trials and tribulations that, that, uh, that I went through, we kind of all go through different uh, challenges in life. So I just, I felt like sharing uh, some of mine and, and maybe giving people a, a point of view or perspective that might be a little bit different from the person um, that you watch on TV on College Game Day. And we'll, we'll touch on some more details about that in a moment, but it's been such a busy off-season in college football, and here in St. Louis, we obviously are interested in our former Big 12 rivals, Texas and Oklahoma, making their way to the SEC. Kirk, how do you think that'll affect the rest of college football and conferences and uh, just the setup of college football in general? Yeah, I think, it, I think it's a couple huge dominoes, obviously, with those two brands. Um, I, I have such mixed emotions uh, on this whole thing. I, I'm a bit of a traditionalist just growing up in the era that I grew up in. It, to me, it's not all about national championships. It's not all about the money. It's not, I mean, it just seems like that's where we are right now with, uh, with every aspect of this game. And I, I you know, I, I like thinking about when I was a kid watching Oklahoma and Nebraska and Texas and Oklahoma and just you know, the list goes on and on the games that you could you could watch on a, on a given Saturday and, and you weren't sitting there watching those games thinking, okay, how does this impact the playoff race? So you just watched it because it was competitive and it was mm-hmm. fun. And uh, we're, we're potentially losing some of that. So I think what you'll see is eventually the big 10 makes some, some alterations and probably realign a bit. I think the PAC 12 will, the big question of course, in your region is what will be left of the big 12? You know, are they going to, are they going to still be recognized as, as a power conference? Are they going to be able to pick up some new teams? So um, you take OU and Texas out of the Big 12, and, and you know there's, there's a lot of 
obvious concern about the future of the conference. So that that's the SEC will become a the power conference if it wasn't already. But to me, there's a, a lot more to the sport than just making sure that the SEC is the power conference. Kirk, do you think these moves are a couple of bricks on the path to four eventual super conferences? It's, it really appears that way. Um, I, you know, if you go back years ago when realignment first started and we saw teams like Nebraska leaving that region and going into the Big Ten and Colorado leaving and going out to the Pac-12. And I mean, it happened even West Virginia. They're all the way down in the Big 12. Uh, when that started to happen, I think all of us kind of speculated this isn't this doesn't feel done. And we always assumed that there would eventually be a power four conference and and a conference is and it it, it appears after this latest move unless the big 12 can somehow salvage themselves and and still be recognized you know the the american is out there you know they've kind of been knocking on the door to try to be respected and and be looked at as a conference that deserves more recognition in football anyway and um so i don't i don't know where i don't know where we're going to go it feels like it's going to eventually be four big conferences but again, I, I would just kind of continue to say for a guy who played this game, who has covered this game, I've been around the game in the front row for the last, I don't know, 35 years. I, I just think that we, we've got to be very careful with, with what we're doing to the sport and um, you know, not forget about what this game is really about. It's not just about crowning a national champion and making everybody else feel irrelevant. And I really feel the playoff has created that with four teams. It's like if you're in the the race for the four teams, you matter. We're going to talk about you. It's great. If you're not and you're still having a good year, nobody cares on a national level. That that's just not healthy um, for the sport. And I, I hope the the uh, the power brokers and decision makers uh, keep in mind tradition and education and and what this this game is really uh, intended to be about. Kirk, I want to swing back to the Big Ten because you know college football inside and out, but you know the Big Ten super intimately. And I went to Illinois. A lot of our listeners are from the Illinois side of the river. And it's such a mystery to me why Illinois, with the resources that they have and the talent that they have at their disposal in-state, cannot be consistently great. So when I when I look at Illinois, you know, the Ron Zook era had a bit of a surge where at least they were in the Rose Bowl. But what does Brett Bielman need to do now as he takes the reins at Illinois to make them a consistently successful program in the big 10 well let me let me go back and say growing up in the era that i I grew up in and also what i played uh in the big 10 illinois was legit you know they they were they they were a team that recruited very well uh in chicago east st louis uh had tremendous athletic ability had a big home field advantage when you went to champagne uh, Mike White throughout the 80s, the way he recruited, um, you know, he got some junior college players in and they, they were just dynamic. They always had a great quarterback. They always had great defense. So it, it's 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 there. I mean, it's it's proven that they can do it. But boy, it's been a long time uh, since they've had their last winning season. I, I want to say it was 2011. Um, and, and the Big Ten needs the Illinois brand back and not just kind of a foregone conclusion when you play them. Uh, there's too much pride in that program to go 10 years without. Not, I'm not saying like a Rose Bowl. I'm saying a winning season. So what do you have to do? First of all, you got to bring in a coach. And I think they've done that with Brad Bielema, who knows how to recruit. Um, he, he knows the waters of the Big Ten. He's incredibly competitive uh, in, in not just recruiting, but in, in hiring great coaches, coordinators to, to make this team 
uh, competitive. So I loved Lovey Smith. I think he's a great coach. Uh, but I think you, you, there needed to be a change to bring in some some new energy. And I think, I don't know if you can feel that, just watching how Brett does interviews and the way he's handling things. But I sure can, just w- watching from afar. So I think you got to go out and recruit. you got to take over. Uh, you got to get into states like Ohio. You know, I mean, you got to get into uh, hotbeds and, and find players that maybe you don't get the top guy, but you get that next guy down. And then you start to kind of build a little bit of momentum and belief. Um, they've got like 18 starters back this year. So he's inheriting a team that's played some football and we'll see if he can do anything with it. They, they start off, as you guys know, Thursday on the 28th against, uh, or on Saturday on, against, uh, they call it week zero <laughs> against Nebraska at home. So we'll see how they do, but man, I'm pulling for him. I, I love Brett and, uh, and hope that he can get that brand back to being competitive. Kirk Herbstreet's new book, Out of the Pocket, Football Fatherhood and College Game Day Saturdays, available next week. You can pre-order now. And Kirk, you mentioned growing up and watching TV. And as it turns out, you and I share a birthday. You're exactly seven years younger than I am. And uh, happy birthday to you next week, by the way. <laughs> Same to you. Uh, <laughs> Same to you. <laughs> but it, I, I think it's really hard for a, a school like Mizzou or like Illinois to wedge their way in. If you If you look at what... Last year was top six teams, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, A&M, Oklahoma. All of those schools were in the top 20 when we were kids, and they were always there. You throw USC and Georgia in there. It seems like it's really difficult if you're a non-blue blood to fit into that national championship conversation. Totally, and, and not even a non-blue blood. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the bluest of blue bloods. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, it's. I mean, I could tell you right now, I mean, and their upsets happen, but we haven't seen a lot of them. That Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State are going to be in the playoff this year. I mean, it's and you know who's going to be in the playoff next year? Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. Yep. And, and it didn't used to be like that in this sport. I mean, there was always surprises. That's what makes the sport so great. I just think that um, right now, and I, and I work at a network, and we, we've talked about this in closed door meetings leading into this season. We carry, we have the playoff. You know, we it's on our air. And we do playoff shows and, and we are guilty as much as anybody of driving that narrative that, Oh, this team matters. Oh, this team at ninth, by the way, ninth in the country, ah, they're out of it. They're, they're not in the playoff. And it's almost like we just throw them to the side. Meanwhile, they're ninth in the nation, not ninth in their conference. And we make these conference championships that don't maybe impact the playoff feel insignificant. So I, I hope, and starting with us who, who cover it daily, I hope we can make the teams that are outside of the Blue Bloods feel relevant and feel like what they're doing matters because we owe it to them to do that. We owe it to the sport to do that. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, a big concern when Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State, those are the three, they're in. So we're talking about one team. Who's that one other team going to be? <clears throat> is it going to be Oklahoma? Is it going to be Georgia as a second team? You know, it's, it's just the same teams every year. And that's why there's talk about expansion and trying to get uh, maybe up to 12 different teams uh, into the playoff. You know, will, will it make a difference? I don't know at the end of the day, but at least it can create some potential more excitement to make teams feel that they have a legitimate shot at getting there. Hey, Kirk, schools have started in St. Louis. So you're talking to a lot of young people on their way to school today and I think your book can be educational because there's a lot of painfully shy kids out there that's that wonder why and wonder what the future holds. And part of your book, one of the things that you tell us is that you were very shy as a youngster too. Yeah. You know, my parents divorced when I was eight. 
Um, I, 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 you know, if you, if you think about growing up for me in the seventies in the Midwest, I mean, I was the kid in the backyard. We were playing freeze tag or playing backyard football or wiffle ball or, you know, on the swing set or whatever. We were in a Creek. We were just outside, you know, and that, that was all we knew. Um, you had three TV channels and I had the perfect group of about 20 friends in, in the yard and I was the youngest. And I, I, that to me was heaven. And then one day my, my parents said that, you know, they were getting a divorce and I was moving and, and that world ended. And I was a shy, really, really shy kid. And I ended up, I didn't realize it at the time, but I would end up moving uh, quite a bit because of my mom and dad marrying and remarrying and divorcing. And it just kind of continued to go on. And so I bounced around almost every year uh, in different schools. And I, I talk about that. I talk about the pain of divorce and how to this day, I, I still deal with that. My whole family deals with that. And, um, it can be challenging. And I've just found that whether it's faith or, or your support staff of family and friends to help you get through tough times, I think that's the most important thing. And so I, I kind of decided to be vulnerable and open up and talk about things that I really haven't thought about in 40 years. And to be candid, when I did this with Gene Wojciechowski, who wrote the, uh, was the ghostwriter of the book, he, he asked me some things that I've kind of compartmentalized and not really thought about in a long, maybe 40 years. And it was emotional and tough. And, and, um, but I felt, I felt that, um, for a reader that maybe it'll resonate. Maybe my story can resonate a little bit with, with different people. Um, like I said, the perception of me, I'm sitting there in a suit, you know, and like, like I live in a, a perfect world and, and it's furthest from the truth when you, when you see how, um, hopefully I'm relatable in a, in a way that I'm just a, a, a guy that, uh, happens to have found my path and, very fortunate to do something that I love to do. Um, it wasn't for me about money. When I talk about that, I, I just kind of got into local radio and making $12,000 a year. I had no idea what it was going to lead to, but, but I loved it. And, and, and I think that's the message. Another message in, in the book is finding a passion and not worrying about money and, and chasing that passion and, and not knowing what the next door might be that you walk into. Because when you do something you love, um, you, to me, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to do that. And, not go to bed dreading the next day, but actually look forward to going to work the next day. So I try to encourage kids in, in college to, to not get caught up in, oh, I can make this much money if I take this job. It's, it's more about trying to find something you, you, you enjoy. And, um, and I've, I've been able to experience that myself. Kirk, final thing. I'm not a Mizzou alum. I'm, I'm a fan. And I went to your college game day in Columbia in 2010, and it was raucous and it was fun. And you get to experience that every week. Uh, how much did you miss that last year during COVID? And how excited are you to be able to, to get back to some semblance of normalcy? Let me just tell you that, that I, I never had been to Missouri. Um, I, I, I didn't know really what to expect. You know, when you go to these, that's been one of the cool things about doing college game day as a big 10 guy, you, you go to all these different campuses he'd never have been to. And when we went to Missouri is the Chase Daniel era. And they were really, really talented um, back in that time with Gary Pinkle. And I didn't know what to expect. And Holy cow. I mean, it, I don't, if you were there, I don't know if there's 15, 20,000 people around there. There was a buzz when we showed up on Friday to tape our sports center sets or, or uh, segments and um, it was it was tremendous. Uh, you know, I close my eyes and I think about that. It was one of the greatest upsets of my college game day experience from what I expected and what the reality of what that show was. I cannot wait till we get we get back there. Um, but yeah, last year was brutal I mean, for everybody, mainly the players and coaches to go through what they went through. 
Um, to, to be a broadcaster, the way I got through it, I don't know how you guys felt about your jobs. I kind of felt like every time I would go out there with no no fans, it's it's like a you know a, a musician singing, <clears throat> usually in front of a sold out arena, and there's no one in the no one in the stands. And we just did it because it gave people, hopefully at home, um, when there was still a lot of unknowns about quarantines and you know is a vaccination coming up or where are we in the world? It gave people sense of normalcy to be able to turn into ESPN and see college game day and hear us breaking games down, talking about the sport. So that's what got me through it, but to, to perform it and, and do the show was, was uh, obviously pretty challenging without having our fans, which are to me, the best college football fans are the best fans of any fans in in the United States. And to not have them behind this was uh, one of the more bizarre experiences uh, that I've ever had doing the show. Looking forward to college football with Kirk Herbstreet on ESPN right around the corner. The name of the book, Out of the Pocket by Kirk Herbstreet, available next week wherever books are sold. Kirk, so great to have you with us on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Have a great season, and hopefully, as uh, Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou get going, we can do this during the season, too. Thank you. That'd be awesome. Thanks very much. You guys have a great day. You too. Take care. That is Kirk Herbstreet, ESPN. Man, is he good. And whether it's college game day or taking the flight to wherever the game is that night, he's as good as it gets. I think Fowler and Herbstreet are such a fun listen for college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.